Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Jays Journal podcast. This morning, I have a wonderful guest with me of the Dean Blue Jays, and his name is Patrick Murphy. How are you doing this morning, Patrick? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. Um, off to a decent start this season. You got two starts so far under your belt, and how are things feeling so far? Uh, things are going good so far. Um, been up a little bit in the zone. First two starts, just definitely want to focus on getting down going forward, but so far, two decent starts under my belt to start the season. Uh, things are going well down here in Florida. Yeah, and um, you got a heck of a team that's hopefully going to give you plenty of offense to uh, go along with this. Um, does it feel like you guys, um, I've been mentioning in a lot of my articles for the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, my elite system for jaysjournal.com, that uh, you guys kind of have that locker room where this could be back-to-back championships. I know it was co-champions last year because of the weather fun, but does it feel like that in the locker room still? Yeah, definitely. I think we got a great group of guys down here. We got a solid pitching staff, a few returners from last year's championship team, both in the starting rotation and in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Uh, some experienced staff, and then we got some good bats in the lineup with uh, some of our t- top picks last year, Logan Warmuth, Riley Adams. Um, we got some other good guys, um, Brad Jones, Nash Knight, they're swinging it. Uh, John the Priest coming off injury and some returning outfielders. So I think we got a pretty good group here that could definitely uh, make a run at it. Um, it's a long way away, but, you know, everybody does their job. We uh, put together a good season. I think we have a good chance at it. Yeah, it definitely looks like it on paper. And um, like I said, it's, we were talking about before the show started, it's uh, been a little bit of a mixed batch early, but I think you guys have all the talent in the world that you're going to find a way to get out of the ups and downs and find some consistency, right? Yeah, definitely. We've had some close ones uh, early on, lost a few one-run games, but that'll I think that'll turn around here soon. Yeah. So as far as your starts are concerned, you guys got off to a great start against the Clearwater Threshers, um, and you had basically a lights-out performance. You know, five innings of solid work, only allowing three hits, and you struck out three. So that's a one way to start your season, I guess, huh? Yeah, it wasn't a bad start. Early on, uh, I felt good. First inning, kind of cruise, got some run support. Fourth and fifth, I got uh, a little out of the zone, put a few guys on, but worked my way out of a few jams. Um, the team was putting up runs early on, so, you know, pitchers that just go out there and throw strikes, get some outs, and we had a good first series. But uh, same thing lately. I mean, pitchers have been doing well. Hitters, you know, we put up a few hits. We're just not getting the big hit. To, to cash in the runs, but that'll come, like I said, that'll come soon. Yeah, and um, as far as your second start, it's you You looked good. <laughs> you know, did a great job, but the uh, Cardinals just found a way to get a few hits and string a few things together out of it, it looked like, more than anything. Is there anything majorly different between the two starts for yourself? Not too crazy. I mean, like I said uh, before when we were talking, I think I was a little up in the zone 
more this outing. So it was, uh, they were just hit finding holes. And then the last inning or two, I was able to throw up some zeros and uh, was locating a little better and execute my pitches a little better. Yeah, it definitely looked like you settled in more throughout the game. And one way or the other, I, and this is one of the things I've enjoyed watching you, um, I, I was able to watch you more last season with the Lansing Lugnuts. And um, I've heard not, nothing but praise from Jesse Goldberg-Strassler and the conversation I've heard from him, by the way, too. So, um, yeah, he's the man. Yeah, he, and um, I, I usually make a trip to each Meyer League team, at least for a couple of days here and there. And I literally just missed one of your starts last year at Lansing. So... Um, I got to see Yesni Diaz, and um, when Justin Maiase was actually healthy, I was able to see him pitch. Those are two fun ones to watch, that's for sure. Definitely, and you're in that group too, you know. So, And um, as far as things go, I wanted to talk about how your health over the first couple seasons has really formed you into this solid player that you are now. Um, you know, having the Tommy John surgery right when you were drafted, the Blue Jays still having the confidence to draft you third round. What was that really like? Uh, that was definitely, uh, definitely kind of a surprise. You know, I had Tommy John after my junior year of high school, missed my senior season, uh, wasn't sure what was going to happen come the draft. Uh, I had been committed to Oregon, so I knew that I had that if things didn't go the way I wanted them to. But um, I didn't really know what to expect because you know coming out of, coming off Tommy John, not many, not a whole lot of teams saw me in my junior year, mm-hmm. so it was kind of tough to gauge and get a feel um, how many teams who was interested and how serious the interest was and that. But so I didn't come draft yet. I really didn't know what to expect. Um, in the second day, uh, I got a call early in the morning from my uh, agent, and then he's like, "Hey, you're going." here in a few picks to the Blue Jays and I was totally by surprise because it was early in the morning definitely wasn't expecting third round and my parents were actually not even home nobody was home I oh, wow. just woke up my mom and dad were at the gym um, just taking care of business in the morning thinking if something happens it'll be later in the day or on day three and my dad walked in the, the pick before my name was called, and my mom was actually not home when it happened. So it was pretty funny. It was just me and my dad at home when it happened. I had to call mom and tell her, but it was really exciting. There you go. And that's exactly how it is because, you know, how it is. Our parents always helped us out in all these, you know, the little league sports and traveling around from town to town. You kind of had, like, almost like an extended celebration, it sounds like, throughout the day because somebody would come home and it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm catching with the Blue Jays. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And then there was obviously we just high school just finished up to so our graduation parties constantly. So just seeing more and more people and then hearing about the news, it was pretty cool. That's great. Almost like caught in the whirlwind a little bit. So, but um, as things went, it, you had unfortunately a couple setbacks really early. And how did the organization stick with you? Because it just looks like they were you know, they knew at some point you were going to be, you know, catching your ground, you know, and running with everything which is what has happened in the last few years. Yeah, the Blue Bears were definitely the one team that uh, believed in me the most. Clearly, they uh, took a chance on me um, coming off surgery without seeing me a whole lot my senior year. Didn't know how I'd bounce back. Then I had a few other setbacks um, neurologically. Had thoracic outlet. Had my ulnar nerve moved and my elbow. Um, so it was definitely a long process, stressful, um, some dark days in the training room down in Dunning, Florida. But, you know, the staff was awesome. They took their time with me. They were patient. 
they were determined to figure out what exactly was wrong and get it fixed, and finally that happened. Yeah, and uh, as a person, I had labrum surgery on my throwing arm and um, also got my funny bone in a different place now with the ulnar nerve surgery, so I know how you feel on that one. That was a good year and a half of not feeling normal and having trouble getting back into the swing of things, so... I can definitely, yeah, definitely. on that one, but um, as far as what you learned in that time frame as uh, how to be a good player and how to work hard, what were some of the positives that you got out of what was something that could have killed some players' careers? I think the biggest thing I learned was just patience and dealing with adversity. You know, for a while there were times I didn't know exactly what was wrong or what was needed to be done to fix it, but, you know, just being patient, trusting the team doctors, the trainers, therapist, all that, that we would get an answer eventually. Um, that was the hardest part, I'd say, just being patient with the whole process. But then also the hard work, you know, in staying the course with the rehab, um, just with the weightlifting, the rehab every day, um, doing all that while only being able to watch the other guys play was pretty tough. Mm-hmm. But I think it was good just to develop a strong lower half because for a while I was limited to lower body. Uh, workouts for a long time, so developing a strong lower half, and then finally being able to strengthen my upper body once that came. But I think I think it taught me a lot of patience and hard work, and uh, behind the closed doors, you know, not out on the field. Yeah, and as far as that hard work is, that you were alluding to there, that effort is paying off in spades. I think at this point, as you had put together a great 2016 campaign, really established yourself as a great arm in the Toronto Blue Jays system. And you've been kind of rolling along with that since. You had another great year with Lansing for the most part last year and got that little quick season audition at the end of the season last year with the Dean Blue Jays. And now here you are, right? Yeah, 16 was definitely just first season back, you know, get back in the swing of things, get back on the bump, uh, get back in the routine. You know, I've been since 2012 since I'd pitched regularly. So it was definitely a long time coming, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, got back. Uh, there were obviously some restrictions on pitch count and innings and all that. So it was fun to get back out there. And then last year kind of got a little more freedom um, with pitch count and throwing out every fifth day instead of sixth day like I did in 16. Uh, had another solid year last year, a little injury, a uh, hamstring injury kind of set me back for a little bit there in the middle of the summer. But other than that, my arm's been great since, you know, just keep building. Looking forward to just keep building up my innings. Uh, each year and having fun and keep uh, living on with some of these guys. And clearly, um, you're a big fan of this game and you love it one way or the other. So I, I feel you on the, if you're not out there and contributing with the team, you know, it just doesn't feel right. Yeah, it's definitely tough. Definitely tough watching. A lot more fun getting out there and mm-hmm. competing with the guys. But the, the lower half stuff, especially as a pitcher, I'm sure has paid off really well. Um, and as a person that's had the pleasure of watching you, um, you do have a solid great repeatable delivery which is kind of almost following the kiss principle keep it simple you know <laughs> so um i just like that you load up really nicely and then you effortlessly generate 90 miles an hour on your fastball so it, i'm sure all that lower half training along with building up on your arm paid off in that time frame yeah definitely a lot of emphasis on the lower half and trying to find a repeatable delivery take as much stress off the arm as possible after going through the numerous surgeries and rehab days. And um, as far as the pitching focus period, um, one thing I've always loved that you do, you pound the strike zone. 
you don't walk a ton of guys, so you're not hurting yourself throughout an outing for the most part. Um, obviously, sometimes things go awry with your deli- anybody's delivery for that matter. But for the most part, you know, you haven't even you've cracked almost about a hundred innings in the last two uh, seasons, and you're not even over forty walks in a year. Is that something as a point of pride for you that you're not hurting yourself? Yeah, definitely. I mean, even even I mean, I don't know what exactly my walks in the last years, but even going forward more emphasis, I want to walk even less than I have because I still feel like there's times when I get myself into my jams or when I'm when I'm giving away free bases and definitely want to limit that as much as possible. Obviously, they come and go, but the limit the walks as much as possible just help going forward. So try to be aggressive, pound the zone with all three pitches and let my defense do their work behind me. And you always have had a good defense behind you, it seems like, in the last few years, too. So that definitely helps. Just let them make contact and let your uh, let your team help you out. It's not a one-game game, right? Exactly. Let them have some fun behind me. Keep them in the game. It's more democratic that way. <laughs> so, yeah. As far as the other stuff that you do, um, you obviously, like we t- I touched on a moment ago, you're in the 90s with your fastball. You have a curveball that almost drops like a hammer toss. <laughs> and uh, hey, You've been working on a changeup over the last season. How's that development going? Um, it's going well. You know, prior to the last year and a half, I didn't really have much of a changeup. Um, kind of was always relying on my fastball curveball. Um, curveball is my favorite pitch, so I kind of always been stuck on just throwing that a lot with my fastball. But I realized to keep progressing and moving on as a starter and hopefully eventually get to the big leagues, um, a third pitch is going to definitely be key to remain a starter. Um, facing guys two, three, four times in the lineup can't just be flashing two pitches. They can eliminate once, you know. Progressing my changeup has really been a key emphasis the last few years, and it's definitely helping. Um, last year, I was kind of just throwing a lot of it just to get the feel and get comfortable with it. Um, now I'm starting to pitch with it a little bit more, use it situationally and know when they use it and what, after what swings I see, reading swings and seeing when would be good times to throw it. So I think I'm definitely progressing uh, with the changeup, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, and that's great hard work for you because, like you said, you're, most pitchers will never make it with just two pitches. You end up being like the just that repeatable pitcher that somebody's going to time up at some point, especially if you're not changing speeds or anything at the same time. And that's why the changeup is such a valuable weapon. And I'm sure you do move around your – curveball and your fastball and change speeds a lot too but that's just to keep the hitter guessing right yeah third pitch definitely definitely because pitching is all uh change in timing keeping keeping hitters off balance so that third pitch definitely helps as far as um goals for this season go before this season us at jay's journal we kind of have a big conversation about who lands on the top prospects list and all that kind of guys and i had you on my short list for the sneaky guy for this season um, almost following like kind of like what Ryan Barucki did last season and kind of shot up. Um, you have all that talent, and you ha- have been able to now, like you said, get more freedom with the innings. Um, do you see yourself jumping a couple levels this season, or what are your goals for 2018 in general? Um, like I said, my goal is going for this year, just you know, staying healthy and building on the, those innings. I've um, increased my inning limit. Uh, each year, you know, I keep. I want to just keep pushing that, um, commanding and developing all three pitches, being comfortable using them in any count. I think just to be more efficient 
and uh, go deeper into games and get those innings I need. But as far as moving up, I mean, obviously that's always a goal. Everyone wants to move up as fast as possible. But, you know, it's kind of out of our control. Um, it's, as far as pitching, just go out there and pitch every fifth day, stay healthy all year, and go as deep into games and pitch, perform the best I can and let them control the rest. And hopefully I can take care of that. And then if they see what they like, maybe, you know, get moving. Obviously that, that would be awesome, but there's no telling in when or where that will happen. The Toronto Blue Jays' ta- uh, talent level in the minor league system has – kind of bloated over the last season, and I'm sure you've seen it, um, especially on your end with the championships at the Dunedin level and in Vancouver. I'm sure you have plenty of buddies throughout the system that are, you know, doing handsprings with the amount of talent you guys get to play with every day. Yeah, definitely. We have a lot of talent, um, especially at the upper levels, um, infield, outfield, catchers, pitchers. Like, there's a lot of talent. So it's, it's fun to be around because you're competing with, uh, guys that are talented and you guys are all going for the same goal, but it's not me versus him. It's us together and just having fun competing together. Yeah, and it does create that, you know, that, yeah, I'm sure you guys, like I said, that camaraderie, or camaraderie in the uh, dugout and everything. And you guys do feed off of each other. Somebody else pitches great one day. I'm sure you come in with that fire the next day and you just want to kind of one-up them almost, but in a friendly, yeah, around yeah, competitive definitely, way. <laughs> definitely friendly competition all around. As far as um, spring training goes, I, I, I wanted to ask you if you had a chance to pick anybody's brain that is a couple of levels up on, on you or if you got to talk to anybody like Marco Estrada, for example, on change-ups, <laughs> things like that over the spring. Uh, um, I haven't really gotten over to the big league side much in mm-hmm. spring training, but um, just as far as talking to some of the older guys like Brian Brucky, uh some of those guys that have been over to big league camp and just hearing some of their stories. Uh, like I said, brookie has got a good change up. So I've talked to him here and there. Um, other guys have talked about uh, things Estrada does with this change up. So just kind of passing the word along, um, mm-hmm. talking to Rick Langford, talking to Rick Langford a lot, who's got a lot of knowledge and experiences and success in this game. Uh, just our various pitching coaches, but haven't been over to the big league side much to see those guys that are currently doing it. But still getting knowledge and tips from anyone I can. Yeah, and I didn't know how uh, free-flowing that relationship was between the minor league camp and the big league camp during the spring. I um, I know it's kind of like a last-minute call if they want you to come and hang out for the day in a spring training game or something like that. So, um, But I'm sure that's coming for you as far as, you know, you keep performing the way you had been, you're at least going to start getting those kind of conversations where you can almost hop the fence in the spring, right? Yeah, hopefully. Yep, just like I said, just keep doing what I can, and hopefully they see what they like and uh, give me those opportunities. Yep. So before I uh, let you go, I don't want to keep you too long, so I know you guys got a game this evening. Um, I had some random fun questions that I wanted to just, you know, let the fans get to know you a little bit better. So first thing that I, um, most fans, if they went to go find out more about Patrick Murphy, they probably dive onto Google. Did you know the first person that comes up on Google when you type in Patrick Murphy is two senators and then you? No, I didn't. I don't really go on Google a whole lot, but I'm sure I'm not the first one that pops up. Yeah, I just, um, I like I said, I was just trying to do this from a fan perspective last night when I was doing some of my homework, and um, like I said, I have had the pleasure of watching you, and I just typed it in, not thinking, and I'm like, oh, wow, apparently you're a Florida center, a Pennsylvania center. <laughs> yeah, Congress. 
out of your teammates that you've had the pleasure of playing with, who is the most likely to be caught pulling pranks on somebody in the dugout? Caught pulling pranks in the dugout. Oh, that's hard. Not um, you on the spot. <laughs> no, no. Uh, pulling pranks. I'm trying to think. That's tough. Or maybe it's you from the. <laughs> No, I mean, not really pranks, just I think just jokes and sense of humor, just keeping it light, you know, not really one specific person that's really pranking people. I haven't seen a whole lot of pranks since I've been here. Uh, John Stilton, rehab with him, he he would pull a few pranks here and there. Um, when he used to be with us, he was definitely one of the older guys who'd been around. He had some pranks. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Not a whole lot of pranks you can play around the clubhouse. It's good that you guys keep it light in the dugout one way or the other. If it gets too serious, that's when the team all of a sudden starts imploding. And I think you always have that couple clowns on the team that, you know, do lighten that mood up. Or maybe it's just more of a general thing with you guys down there. So. Yeah, we're just trying to have fun. I mean, it's a long year. So, I mean, getting too serious and frustrated early on or even in the middle of the season just makes the season even longer. So, I mean trying to keep it light and have fun as much as possible and keep a good, fun clubhouse with the guys, give us a better shot at winning and having more fun throughout the year. Yeah. As far as what we were talking about with family and whatnot earlier, as far as growing up playing baseball, um, what was your favorite memory that you had growing up as a kid, or was it as simple as just being with your family and whatnot? I think my favorite memory playing baseball growing up was um, probably going to the Babe Ruth World Series. Uh, our like club team, speeder team that fed into our high school. Uh, our, it was our eighth grade year. We, we had a pretty solid team. Uh, went to the Babers World Series in Alston, Wisconsin. Um, looking back on it, didn't realize that I'd be playing against my future teammate Danny Jansen. Um, we played we played against them in the Babers World Series and beat them. And um, like, because was, that was his hometown, so some of their families were, like, housing some of us because, like, mm-hmm. we lived with, like, host families, and it was the Alston, Wisconsin team. So got to hang out. I didn't have Jansen as my host, but got to hang out with some of those guys and meet, obviously, Jansen before two years prior to knowing we'd be teammates. That was pretty cool, fun to look back on. Yeah, I, I had the pleasure of meeting Danny Jansen at a thing here in Buffalo, uh, New York, a couple uh, months ago, and he's a character amongst himself, too. So if that's one that you get to run into in a baseball situation all over again, that's got to be great. Yeah, Danny's awesome. Great family, great kid. Uh, has a lot of fun. Good fun, fun guy. Yeah. Last random fun question I'm going to ask you. What is, maybe this is something you haven't been involved in or at least seen in a game you've been in. Strangest thing that's happened on a baseball diamond in your uh, tenure years playing? Strangest thing that's happened. Um, let me think. I think yesterday the strangest thing I saw on TV was the three-run sack fly in the Marlins game. <laughs> Obviously, there air and ball, but the sack fly that scored, bases loaded, sack fly that scored the guy from third, and then they tried getting the guy going to second, and it was thrown in the center. There was nobody there, and all three runs scored. I thought that was probably that was slightly insane. <laughs> you don't see yeah, that. I never can't say I've never seen a three-run score on a regular routine sack fly. <laughs> it's definitely one of those things you don't see every day, and uh, that just goes to show you, and um, anything that happens as soon as that ball is you know, tossed out of your hand or one of your uh, teammates, 
anything can happen on a baseball diamond. I remember reading at some point that somebody at some point tried to do all the math on all the random stuff that could happen in a baseball field, and it's just almost infinite. <laughs> so, yeah. this goes to show. I mean, every day, you've been playing this game for years, and not every day, but you'll every few days you'll see something you haven't seen before, and you're like, what the, how did that just happen, or why did that just happen? So it's definitely, definitely a game that there's, no matter how much you prepare, I mean, in-game situations are always changing, and it's definitely just reacting uh, as you go. Yeah, so that brings us to a nice, like, little half-hour uh, chat here, uh, Patrick. So is there anything else you'd like to add um, when your next start is, anything like that? Uh, I'm going to think my next start is Wednesday uh, at home against Fort Myers. Uh, we have an off day Monday, so that pushes us back a day. But, yeah, Wednesday at home versus Fort Myers, probably 6.30, I would guess. So I guess uh, the next thing is when I'm down in Florida in July, I guess I'm going to have to stop by the ballpark and see if I can uh, meet you in person instead of just being the guy on the other end of the microphone. <laughs> yeah, definitely. If you're down here, just let me know and I'll say hello. All right, sounds great. Um, so anyway, everybody... Blue Jays fans and Jays Journal fans alike. This has been an interview with Patrick Murphy. And Patrick, thank you very much for being on the show this, this morning. Thanks for everything. I appreciate it. No worries. And we hope we can have you back on again sometime. Have a nice day. Thanks. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.